Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, Kevin and I, Aaron Gerke, we are continuing to talk about Daniel. Uh, today it's chapter three, but there's a lot of practicality in this. Uh, a lot about suffering, a lot about um, conformity to the ways of the world. I, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation and find it meaningful. We really hope you enjoy it. Well, hey, Kevin. Hey, How are you doing today? Pretty good. Awesome. Pretty good. I banged my finger earlier. Yeah, you did. That's painful. Walking into my office (laughs) just slammed your finger. Yeah. It was, uh, it it honestly wasn't that, it didn't even leave a mark, Mm. but I was kind of dramatic about it. You were, and you know, sometimes I wish, like, sometimes, sometimes I wish, well, no, I don't. Well, sometimes I wish that like all of life were videotaped, you know? Uh, yeah, I so thought that. Because when there's something like really cool or funny that happens, you're like, oh, I want to see it again. And you're like, oh, wait, not everything is on video. Or at least that's what they or. want you to think. <laughs> but as far as I know, there is no video of the dance moves that you did after you, you know, jammed your finger. But it was, you had some good moves. Multiple rotations. It, it looked a little like a Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura-ish. Yeah, well, yeah, he's an inspiration. Yeah, I would say. Oh, yeah, for my life. I love Jim Carrey. I can see that. I quoted Truman Show in uh, one of the early home huddles, actually. Did you? Yeah, like the second or third one. Oh. Yeah. I felt a little weird doing it because I was like, maybe they've never seen this movie. Uh, The Truman Show. Yeah. Marcus was quoting earlier today. Really? That's the one. Yeah. That's the one where everything's being videotaped. His life is a movie. That's right. Maybe we are in the Truman Show. (laughs) You know, that movie is about uh, God. Is it? Yeah, it's kind of an anti-religion because, <clears throat> so you got the filmmaker. Okay. He's like the creator of the show. Right. But he's watching this, they take Truman from when he's a baby, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he, he makes the show of Truman's life, but he's watching over Truman. He loves Truman. He knows every, he's oh, seen yeah. every moment of Truman's life. Yeah. Um, he cares for him. Um, and, and it's really, it's at, at the end of the movie when that becomes very clear because Truman finds the wall, right? He, he yeah. realizes like, ah, this is fake and he yeah. takes a boat and he runs into a wall that was just like a backdrop. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's a bummer because I like this movie, but good conversation starter. It, uh, I, I guess the, the symbolism is religion is a construct. Mm. There's a wall, you can just open it up and walk out uh, and now you're in the real world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, kind of sad for all your Truman Show fans out there, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think I've heard that a lot, though, in our world. That that's what, that's what a lot of people think. Yeah. Especially in our society, that <laughs> like, you know, your religion, if you want to have that, that's fine. Like, just don't don't oppose. Like, don't don't force your religion on me. Mm. Don't really force it on anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do your thing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. As long as I can do my thing, that's fine. But just don't like, don't push that on me. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned in in your sermon. I was just about to ask, are we talking about Daniel already? Because well, I can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it coming. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned in your sermon in in connection to Daniel three, mm-hmm. the fact that uh, I think your your direct quote was uh, you're living in, in in America you're living in one of the most or the most uh, pluralistic 
societies uh, in, in the world. Um, can, in, in your sermon, you did define that word uh, pluralistic, at least when it comes to uh, religion, right? Mm-hmm. But do you want to, can you just define that again? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So pluralistic uh, meaning that in this, in whatever society you're talking about, be it Babylon, uh, be it you know, Rome, uh, be it America, you, there are many gods and you can worship kind of whatever gods you want. Um, you know, there's lots to choose from, pick and choose, that's fine, that's great. Um, uh, but but <clears throat> something that comes out of that uh, generally is, uh, yeah, this tolerance. It's not, in a pluralistic society, it's not only that there's lots of gods to choose from, it's also that you don't really get to say what other people can follow or not follow. Mm. You know, it's, it's what's right for you is right for you. You know, live and let live, yeah. that kind of mentality. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I've, I've had this, people ask me this question a lot, and I feel like it's a common um, misunderstanding, and, and I would say one of, the, one of the products of living in a pluralistic society. People have said to me, um, okay, so in Babylon, there's all these different gods, images, yeah. you know. Deities. Deities, right, that yeah. they would actually have temples for and go and, like, worship and stuff. Oh, and, right. And people always say to me, like, well, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Christian, and I don't like. I mean, they they know that in the United States, of course, there's Muslims and Buddhists and you know other people that have that there are these other religions. But they always yeah. say like, but I don't. There aren't. I don't have other. I don't have other gods. Mm, like, what mm-hmm. do you, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Even the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. A lot of people are like, easy. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, check. I'm, we're good I don't know. On that Can one. you just? I, mean, I guess for the for the listener, yeah. just explain what like, right? What is what is what is another god? I guess mm-hmm. this is such a crucial thing to recognize because I mean this is the reason it is the first commandment. You know, God He ordered those things with intention. Um, I would say by you know you really want to get this one right. You know, so I'm glad you're asking the question. Uh, Martin Luther's um, response to the first commandment uh, was really helpful for me. Because I don't think I got it either until I read his words in the large catechism, which say this. They say, a God is anything that you put, um, you, you look to for your highest good, uh, for your security. Um, it's, it's the thing that you kind of hold closely. Uh, you know, you might, some telltales that you have a God would be like, well, how much do you talk about it? Mm. How much do you focus on it? What would you do if that thing was taken away from you? Ooh, I think, yeah. You know? Um, this starts to clue us into, okay, you know, what are my gods? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what am I? You know, and, and the interesting thing, I think, is that well, everyone has a god. It's the other big thing that Luther says. Everyone has a god. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, anyone who says, you know, Truman Show, you can live in your, your, your uh, churchy bubble, that's fine. I don't, yeah. I don't worship any god. No, they do. Yeah. It just might be themselves. Yeah. Or it might be uh, their own knowledge. Right. Or it might be science. I mean, that you talk about gods. When we're talking America, yeah, okay, Buddhists, sure, Muslims, sure. But when I'm thinking of idols in America, I'm thinking much broader than that. Yeah. And the ones that come quick to my mind would definitely be like, oh, yeah, science. Hmm. How many people uh, just believe the world is, you know, uh, a product of, you know, um, scientific theories and, yeah. and you know 
Big Bang, evolution, that's how we're here. Yeah. There's no, you know, that's, this is where we're going. We're a species among a bunch of other species. We use yeah. the language all the time. Oh, for sure. And, I, and I'm not, I, I think the, the practice of science is, is, is good. It ought to draw us closer to God, ultimately, not, not right. push us farther away. <clears throat> yep. Um, and, and obviously facts and data and studies are all important uh, tools for informing, but it's just been interesting. I, 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 it's not just purely as a result of the pandemic. I think this has been culturally happening a lot, but I've even seen like, I mean, you know, the sci- science says, you know, oh, yeah. science says. And, it, yep. and I don't, I mean, science is actually like, uh, it's actually something you you do, not a not a proper not a noun, voice. you know that that speaks. But 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 <laughs> our culture speaks as though science is capital letter yes, S right. proper noun. At that point, you're like, how is this not a god? You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, that sounds a lot like yeah, the way I talk about like the one who speaks to me yeah. and, yeah. and who I take my kind of direction from. And yeah, yeah. So so when we're talking about gods, when we're talking about pluralism. There's they're all over the place Um, and and it makes it kind of makes sense that there are because we believe that we were built kind of with as humans that we were built to worship like God created us this way we were built to worship but in our fallenness in our sin well sometimes we worship the wrong things this is the golden calf right Right. very tangible thing in the Old Testament but it's it's a symbol for anything that we end up worshipping yeah Yeah. when I think you know, back to the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. Also, <laughs> I think it's the first commandment because that directly relates to the first sin, the core central sin of right. humanity. Adam and Eve were tempted by, by Satan that they could be like God. That's right. And know good and evil, right? Mm-hmm. You can, you don't, you really, basically the point is you don't really need God, for you can be like him. Mm-hmm. Which then you go, I mean, you already said maybe your own favorite God is, you know, yourself. Ultimately, a lot for, that's, that's, that is basically, if it, if it all comes boiling down, that is what sin is. Yeah. It's like, it's the me first, not, not God first. Right. So Yeah, and, and you know, the crazy thing is like, <clears throat> it... <laughs> I've experienced this in my life. You can worship other people. Yeah. That's not hard to do. Yeah. Um, think about people who, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Here's yeah. a classic example. Yeah. Two people, you know, forbidden lovers, whatever kind of thing. That They don't see life even worth living hmm. if they don't have the other. Hmm. That's, a, that's a worship. And we have to be really careful about that. <laughs> like, I think in our culture, you know, yeah. I said science, that's kind of a low-hanging fruit. But I think this is another one that, Think about all the movies you watch. Think about all the songs you hear. Think about the way they talk. You know, sometimes people, like, <laughs> they'll have this kind of, um, this, like, ping on or, 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 you know, I don't know. They're trying to do some sort of um, a slam on certain Christian uh-huh. music. When they're like, well, you could just sing that about anyone. Yeah. Which, okay, fine. But my, my point of that connection is what does that say about who we're worshiping? Uh-huh. What does that say about all the other music that you listen to? Uh-huh. It is worship of people uh-huh. a lot of times. Or money, or fame, or yeah. prestige, or yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I hopefully those of you listening, this lays the groundwork a little bit for the the kind of the kind of culture in which we live. Mm. Like all these all these things drawing our attention, um, 
and 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 I think it's one thing that that those voices are being spoken to us like they we hear them mm-hmm. but I think where where you took it in the sermon and it was uh it was eye-opening for me is that all of those voices are also asking you ultimately to conform mm-hmm. to their to their way of thinking or their way of seeing the world this conforming idea and you, you set it up well in the sermon um, maybe I'll, I'll edit the video here if you can get me the files but the, you showed a you showed a picture of this uh, the Ishtar gate yeah which I um, <clears throat> I, I really liked that I mean you it, you set it up well because at least for me you said you know the teenagers likely would have walked through this gate or one just like just it, like it yeah. going into Babylon this very impressive uh, structure mm. and I that really like I don't know it really made it real for me instead of having the Sunday school image of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego <laughs> I had know. a couple of those after it yeah but <laughs> Got uh, a cartoony yeah but just this like holy smokes like they would have been they would have been brought in as captives these young teenagers mm. all of a sudden into this very powerful place mm. you know this like hustling and bustling and you know image it like uh, and then, and then, and then, and then later, obviously the the huge statue and tower, and and the music playing, and people bowing down, and just the pure societal pressure of all of this noise and these voices, like saying conform, conform, mm-hmm. and not only just conform, but conform or else you'll be killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But it's just that that really like really set the stage in this whole idea. Of, for me of how, how much of my life is being conformed to the ways of the world in a, in a way that's de- detracting for my, my faith, you know? I mean, it's one thing, I'm not saying that we, we don't need to go move to a, a monastery, like right. we're supposed to live in our culture mm-hmm. and, you know, work and have jobs and do societal stuff. Like that, totally. that's, not, that's not wrong, but... Sometimes those things shape us and, and conform us, and, and detract us from 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 our faith in God. One hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and and, and um, this we actually see this with the three boys, right? Um, Jeremiah was a prophet uh, leading up to the siege of Jerusalem. Yeah. He tells in his prophecy of uh, the capture of Jerusalem and this exile, and the way he tells them to live is plant, you know, build build houses. Uh, plant vineyards, like settle in in Babylon. In Babylon, yeah. Yeah, like don't don't be a monastery, don't be an enclave. Like, actually, actually give back to this pagan society you live in. Mm. Uh, love it, you yeah. know, uh, and not in the sense of like chase after it like a god, but but care for it, care yeah. for the people there. Yeah. Um, so exactly, like we're not called to, um, you know, kind of go. Oh, what's that? Footloose, <laughs> footloose on oh, yeah. on our society. It's not that we need to just shut out every worldly quote-unquote thing um, because we're in in some sense there's no escaping it right but it's yeah what what's the loudest voice in your life mm-hmm. and you challenged us the other week and and I thought that was I mean, it's kind of related I think this idea of what who are the voices I'm listening to mm. let me tally these up let me look at you know how often am I hearing from the news how often am I hearing from even just like secular uh, music artists like for me yeah. I uh, I'm I love music, yeah. and I listened to a lot of music growing up. And thankfully, God has like opened my eyes to see that like 
even music can shape how you think and act, mm. and it's not all from him, you know? mm, yeah. or at least it's not all. Yeah, it's not all his. And 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 so these three these three boys are they're living the Jeremiah way. They're serving the king. Yeah, they're immersed in this culture, but they know whose voice to trust. Yeah, and listen, and that's the voice that has formed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's what I think we we need to remember as as individuals. Those of you who are um, parents, as you're raising your kids, like we 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 have to speak that voice of mm. God and be formed mm-hmm. by Him. Like that's ultimately, I think that's what that's what we're doing in our when we confess our sins. Yep. You know, it's like I need to I need you to I need you to mold me, <laughs> mm. shape me. You know, mm. the whole refiner's fire thing, like. <laughs> Just uh, cut you know cut off those rough edges of my life you know yeah. Lord shape me to be yours let me know that I am yours you know forgive me restore me renew me and mm-hmm. so I think I mean we need that in in this in this world and we need to hear that 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 is happening yeah and and your you and your kids are being discipled mm. mm-hmm. like you don't avoid that. Who is, who is discipling it? them? Yeah, I mean that's that's a big question. Uh huh. Yeah, and so uh, right, we got to speak into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's not you as a parent, it's going to be somebody. Yeah. You know. Right. Which I mean, there's all sorts of issues. I think where the question's yeah. kind of, oh, who do you want? Who do you want your kids to learn that from? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which gets into lots of topics that we're uncomfortable talking about, but yeah. we'll save those for another yeah, time. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So you. Uh, in the sermon, you carried us through that through that story of of, of Daniel three and these these boys not uh, not not conforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I said that twice. I meant to say it just once. They did not conform. Yeah. Uh, to the ways of the world, therefore they they faced certain death. Mm-hmm. Um, you said a couple of, a couple of things. You had some some uh, bold terms, some theological terms. I just want to uh, ask about some of this in case some of our listeners were there, and if not, just you know, for our own explanation again, but uh, in mentioning our own or connecting our suffering, our struggles in this life mm-hmm. um, to the three boys in the fiery furnace, you said you said these words. You said, um, "You're invincible." Oh, yeah. You're invincible. That was kind of bold, wasn't it? It was. Say more. Yeah. So uh, that that line, um, I'm kind of saying that in a, in the same way that a lot of uh, the Psalms and Proverbs speak. Okay. Um, so when you read some of the par- Proverbs and Psalms, it'll say things like, you know, um, this is kind of how it goes for the, the righteous. Like in the end, or, or, or for the righteous, they they walk a good path, they justify things, go well. And for the wicked, you know, they face mm. judgment and, and difficulty and their ways are proven false and okay. they walk into a trap, you know. But then you look around the world and you say, wait a second. I see these schmucks doing well all the time. Yeah. They got all the wealth. They got all the power. Uh-huh. They're all corrupt. Yeah. This isn't right. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's in an ultimate sense that you have to understand those things, Right. And it's kind of an 80-20 rule there, too, I think, when it comes to Proverbs. Like, 80% of the time, it's probably right. But yeah. there are the few that, that prosper, even though they're wicked, you know, yeah. to the nines. 
Um, so same with this invincibility idea. If I slam my hand in a door, will it hurt? Yeah. <laughs> um, but ultimately, ultimately, you know, no matter what my physical ailments are, you know, like you get all sorts of people suffering from all sorts of conditions um, in their lives, and that makes life hard. I mean, that is suffering, and so it's like, well, they don't seem invincible at all, even you know, right now. Mm. But ultimately, our belief, right, is Jesus comes back, He resurrects the dead, and our bodies become glorified to match his, which I, I, that's hard to understand, yeah. you know, but we believe that in the resurrection, we will be, you know, perfectly healthy, perfectly strong, able to, you know, I think the prophets talk about the weak knees being made strong and, and uh, uh, you know, people running and leaping and all these, you know, who had been lame. Well, and we see it in Jesus, like in his presence, you see those things happening. But so, yes, so you're invincible ultimately. Um, this is what the boys know that even if they get thrown in this fire, okay, I'm going to live again. Mm, okay. You know, you can't ultimately kill me, but can you whip me, hurt me, torture me, and actually kill me in this life? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. not be fooled uh, yeah. by that either. Yeah. So you're not saying that we're superheroes in this life? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. If and there's a superhero, it's Jesus. Probably. Okay, that's an easy <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so then into this, into this uh, connection that you made, and let's just talk more about this idea of, of suffering. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's purpose. Why does God allow it? I mean, we don't have, we don't have all day. <laughs> We're going to be wrapping this podcast up soon. And this is a huge conversation. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I, ha- I have this conversation a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just just did the other day with somebody who um, wanted wanted to chat, and mm-hmm. the questions the basically the the question was, why am I going through this? Like, why am I going through this suffering? Mm-hmm. You know, or um, or or why why am I having things go so well for me, and other people in my life are are not, especially mm-hmm. people who seem to be innocent and mm. not deserving of whatever they're getting you know totally um, those are such such hard questions yeah um, and there's a lot to say but uh, and I, I don't want to get your take on it but I, I, I would say a couple of things and, and you, I mean you said it in your sermon too this whole idea that that through our suffering um, we are actually we're formed mm. so no matter what no matter what kind of suffering you have all humans will have some varying degree of suffering, so um, so we're all going to deal with stuff in this life. Um, not a res- not as a result of uh, um, our direct sin, uh, although sometimes it is. Sometimes our sinful choices have natural consequences, uh, natural consequences <laughs> right? But um, it's not like God's punishing us for those choices. Um, we just live in a broken world until Christ returns and raises the dead, there's going to be suffering. So what are we supposed to do during that suffering? Mm. And I think this is where we're called to live lives of faith um, in the midst of the suffering, pointing ultimately to Jesus, who is above the suffering, and the, the one who will see us through the suffering mm. to eternal life. And that as we live as people of faith through the suffering, 
um, we will be changed, but other people will also watch us be changed and um, maybe even take notice. Because mm, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the connection in Daniel 3, is that these boys, as they go, they willingly stand up, get thrown into the fire, God protects them miraculously, they come out, and Nebuchadnezzar takes notice. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? No longer is it, you got to bow down, but if anybody says anything about this God of these guys, you're going to be torn limb from limb. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, you, 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 you kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> Go ripping apart people for yeah. that, but yeah, yeah, exactly. He does take notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, you want to say anything? Yeah. More about that? Yeah, about yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna drop some thoughts. Yeah. Scatter, scatter shot here. But um, first thought, and this is just kind of coming, like looking at at the story as a whole and the sermon as a whole. You know, we talked a lot about idolatry. Now we're talking about suffering. Um, there is an important thing to get, I think, from scripture, which is. We're, we're kind of always drawn towards the glamorous and the pretty and the flashy. We all want that. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants that. Um, but the path that God paves for himself in Scripture doesn't follow that. It's a little backwards in terms of our thinking. Um, Jesus in Isaiah, they talk about the suffering servant, and this guy's going to be kind of an ugly dude. You know, mm. He's not going to look too good. He's going to, uh, you know. Despised and rejected by men. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, just, you wonder what Jesus actually looked like. And what is like, you know, because we, we imagine him in, a, in one way. and With a little rosé blush on his cheeks. <laughs> yeah, kind of French yeah. Yeah, physique. Sorry. But, you know, may the dude look like a crazy homeless guy. Yeah. I mean, he was a homeless guy and yeah. he said a lot of crazy things. Yeah. So, um, so we're drawn to the pretty and the perfect. Uh, and that our notions of what that is aren't always right on. Mm. And usually it's not good for us um, to, to worship that idea of perfection. Mm. Look, God comes down into the imperfection, yeah. you know? Um, so anyways, that's just a, that's, so I mean all that to say, yeah, suffering is, like sometimes we call it the way of the cross, which is Jesus, this is Jesus' way. Like Jesus, he's God. I mean, yeah. couldn't he just snap his fingers and... Yeah. Everything's good, yeah. well, hypothetically. Yeah. But he chooses to die on a cross. Like this is the grand story that God has set up and mm-hmm. created, and and so then what you see, yeah. And this, you know, this came in some of your uh, words there, talking about you know God, you know, form me, fashion me, uh, chisel me. Mm-hmm. I love the statue imagery because mm-hmm. um, it's God forming me, but it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to break these pieces off, yeah. and uh, and I think that I think people get that. Like I think when you you know, just as a listener, even thinking of your own life, what grew you, you know, the most? Yeah. It's not usually the times of like, man, everything was just super chill and easy and comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of woven in the fabric of of life. And we, we should know, I mean, we should know this, but <laughs> I, I mean, because I, I was just thinking too, like, like hot dogs. Tell me more. Who loves, who loves, a, I love a hot dog. Oh, yeah. But... You know, you don't want to see the mess that created the hot dog, mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> nobody right knows. Going, nobody like knows. This. Nobody knows what's in the hot dog for mm-hmm. one, but also animals had to die. Yeah, like somebody had to clean up their poop. Like, I mean, just like all the backstory to how you got that hot dog. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we 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 idolize, like you said, the glamour, mm-hmm. the beauty, 
the the models on the advertisements or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, that comes by usually a lot of a lot of pain and suffering and hard work and exercise and dieting and all that kind of stuff that they're doing in order to, to get the glamour, yeah. you know. And we're like, oh, I just you know, I how I come I can't like be, you know? Yeah, I yeah, mean, totally. Take my gold ring for example, you know, like is. You know, it's it's nice. My my kids were admiring it the other day. You know, mm-hmm. but it's got diamonds and gold. You know, somebody had to like chisel those things out of the ground, and then they had to get forged in fire. And it's just like yeah. a lot of like heat and mess. You know, in order to get to that beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we ought to know that that's what's going on in our lives, too. You know, yeah. Through through whatever our pain and our struggle is, there right. is the capacity for God to be molding us and making us to be something beautiful which is in his image right you know exactly <laughs> and this is where you know the fact that god does work this way like through suffering yeah. i think this is one way that it, that it also is like you know no god can rescue like this god uh-huh. you know, nebuchadnezzar says that when you think about suffering we think about christianity compared to any other religion um it's always you got to do this, this, and this mm. in order to attain God. Yeah. You know, whether it's uh, pleasing the gods or, you know, whether it's, I mean, even in Ju- Judaism, f- it's following the law. Mm-hmm. You got to c- fulfill the law if you want to be pleasing in God's sight. Right. People who are, you know, would say that they're like, don't, no, don't follow a religion. Well, generally people operate with this idea of, well, you still got to do enough good stuff to kind of be a good person. Right. So right. it's always, you got to do this, 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 this um, in order to be good. And if that's the way you think, when you suffer, you're either going to think, well, God must hate me. Yeah. Or, or it's like, well, I don't deserve this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I was, I did everything right. Yeah. This is, this is there's a, something wrong in the system. Yep. But when you know, when you know Jesus, yeah. when you know, like you said, that he paid the price of our sin, yeah. then you know when you're suffering, this isn't punishment. Mm-hmm. And you also know that you're not you know, left to your, to your own, you know, that the system's not broken. Like, you know, you know that God is close by, that yeah. he's near. He's actually working in that to make you more than you probably ever would have made yourself. For sure. And man, are we resistant to change. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I don't want a personal trainer, but we kind of all have one. I know. You know a divine one. Who, I know. Yeah, so, I mean, but that gives real comfort when, you know, if you're out there doing your job and you're slogging through and it's like, man, this is rough. Yeah. You're doing good work. Yeah. You know? For sure. I mean, Absolutely. being a parent, being a parent is hard. Yeah. That is hard. Yeah. But I can say that it has definitely grown me up. I know. <laughs> you know, a lot in the I two know. years that I've been a parent. Uh-huh. Um, so God, yeah, God uses all sorts of suffering um, uh, in our lives uh, to actually, to, to, to grow us, to refine us. Um, but then also, I think, uh, so that we, we do reach out to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, and again, I think that's what that's what people. Hopefully, that's what you've learned as well. That, you know, oftentimes it's in your time of greatest difficulty when 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 everything that you've been looking for or looking to in the world for hope or peace or purpose or whatever, when when those things are stripped away mm. and you've got nothing left and you're on your knees and God is right there, mm. you re- you recognize finally like. Oh, you were here the whole time, like that, that present, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, I, I, I want you, I, I'd rather have you this present mm. all the time than, and keep all this other stuff um, <laughs> falling down. I don't, I don't need, I don't need that, you know? Yeah. Cause I think this is the whole, this is 
This is what God does through suffering. It's what he does through, through whatever we're facing in this world. Ultimately, what we're called to do is repent, mm-hmm. you know, turn from ourselves, turn from the idols of this life, and turn to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Ask him for forgiveness, ask him for life, and he gives it to you, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, eternally, but even today. Yeah. Even today. And I think I think when you live, and we sometimes we say that, like, lean into, I think we use that phrase mm-hmm. sometimes, um, but this idea of kind of, like, don't avoid it, like, just, just go with it. Yeah. Let it be what it is. When you lean into suffering, like, you are going to live a little bit more. It's going to yeah. be a little, a little more raw, a little more yeah. rough, but, man, you're going to, like, you're going to value things more, you're going to appreciate more, you're going to learn more about yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the life that Jesus wants for us, we got to make sure that it's the life that Jesus wants for us Amen. and not yeah. the life I want for me. For sure. Which is sure. has no banging of the, of the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, friends, we're so happy you joined us today. Mm. Uh, we hope that you found this conversation to be insightful. Maybe you learned something. Maybe you were challenged by it. Um, I, I would encourage you, maybe even if you want... This, this last 10 minutes or so about suffering, it may be worthwhile uh, going back and listening to again um, or sharing it with somebody that you know that's going through, going mm-hmm. through a tough time. Because um, this, is, this is real. It's very real. It's a daily thing that we deal with. So um, just keep, keep leaning into it. Um, keep listening to God's word. And ultimately, we hope that you are engaging in um, Jesus conversations mm-hmm. Uh, with people in your life as well. So if this is a model for you to do that or a way to encourage you to do that or a tool to get you to do that with other people, uh, well, you're in our prayers. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Cheers to you, Kevin. Thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, cheers, Aaron. All right. See you later.